When I used to cycle, I used to be like a um, cycling enthusiast. And one of the most challenging aspects of, of the sport is when you're going up like a steep hill. It's like your, your legs are burning, you know, um, you're trying to catch your breath. It, it's, pretty, it's pretty brutal. Uh, but during that struggle, if, you know, some people sometimes occasionally uh, like would drive by, and of course, if you're, it's on, it's on the side of the road, right? So um, a car, you know, going by quickly, but a, a fellow, a fellow cyclist or someone who knows, who, who's into like biking would occasionally like say some encouraging words, like you Keep pushing. Uh, you could do it. Like Forza, uh, which, means, uh, which means like strength, you know, in, in Italian. It's like a word of uh, encouragement to, to lead the person on, to push the person. Uh, so because it was so helpful to me, when, when I would drive and I, uh, it would be on a road and I, I see uh, cyclists, bikers going very slow, but then like really giving it their all, you know, I would like reciprocate and say yeah, keep going uh, you could do it Forza it's yeah it might not be it might be weird to kind of say that here on the boardwalk because uh, it's totally flat it's just like a piece of cake compared to compared to climbing up a hill this is like the kind of vibes that I got from today's second reading. St. Paul is writing to Timothy, it's, who's kind of like his student, his, his protege. And it's, it's like um, passing on words of wisdom. And he's saying, you know, like, I've, I've, I finish the race. You know, like I've, like I've um, ran the race well. And so these are like words of encouragement that he's uh, passing on, giving to uh, Timothy. It was like a son to him. Today's gospel reminds me of something that happened eight years ago. Uh, it was during like orientation at the seminary, and, we, and I think I think it was like wrapping up the last week of orientation, and we had a nice dinner um, at an outdoor setting outside. And I was sitting in my table. I was sitting with the seminary counselor, uh, psychologist, he, he was a priest. And um, I, I think I made like a harmless mistake. And so I was kind of explaining myself, like why I did what I did. And then I'll never forget this. He said, he said to me, get over yourself. It wasn't in kind of like a like a mean-spirited or like any kind of like hostile kind of way, but kind of as like a, a, a matter of fact. He was even like, you know, like smiling about it. Right? Get over yourself. I don't know. When's the last time you heard that? But for me, um, I, I was offended, to be honest. Like my ego took a hit. But then after that, after that incident, as I reflected on it and, and brought it to prayer, I realized, yeah, he, he was right. This, this priest was right. Because I was taking myself too seriously over something that was, 
Yeah, not a big deal. Uh, The focus was too much on myself and how I felt I needed to justify myself. What's the main difference between the Pharisee and the tax collector in today's gospel? It's the virtue of humility. The Pharisee was full of himself and lacked humility, while the tax collector was humble. Let's take a closer look between the two, and we see, let's do um, a comparison. I was trying to, I don't know if you, if you noticed, but as I was reading the prayer of, of the Pharisee, I sort of emphasized certain words. The Pharisee basically was praying to himself. His prayer was self-centered and selfish. He itemized his accomplishments. He basically made himself God. He prayed in such a way that he didn't allow God to be God. His prayer was a strict monologue with little room for God to speak. But prayer, it's meant to be a conversation between one heart to another. My heart conversing with God's heart. And this means there also must be time to allow God's heart to speak to mine. But if prayer is it's all about me, then God is shut out. The word conversation, it comes from the word conversion. Prayer is meant to be an encounter and exchange that changes us. The Pharisee basically left the temple the same way he entered. He missed out on an opportunity to encounter God and receive his mercy and grace. The tax collector's prayer, on the other hand, is marked by humility, simplicity, and honesty. His humility is shown by the beating of his breast. He recognizes that he's not God, and he begs for mercy. And this is something that's familiar to us, isn't it? When do we do this? Through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. This prayerful action... This is during what we call the confidior in the beginning of Mass in the penitential rite. It's meant to connect us with the humble prayer of the tax collector in this gospel passage. What a great way to begin Mass by acknowledging that we're sinners in need of God's mercy. The tax collector, he had a real encounter and conversion and conversation with God And he left the temple a changed man. So how does one grow in humility? Right, this all-important virtue. It's essential to desire it and to pray for it. To desire it and to pray for humility. I think it's been a while since I gave any sort of um, homework or assignment, all right? But here it is. This, is. this is a prayer called the Litany of Humility, okay? Litany of Humility. 
and yeah, highly recommend to to um, to pray this prayer uh, regularly uh, as as your um, in your like prayer repertoire. Like, please look it up. The the litany of humility. I, I'm just gonna give you a small sample from this prayer. Okay. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, O Jesus. From the desire of being preferred over others, deliver me, O Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. That others may be praised and I go unnoticed, Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. I think when you, when you pray this prayer, I think either one of two things are going to happen. You're, you're, you're going to love it or you're going to hate it. You're going to hate it because like, you, you don't want this prayer to be realized for God to answer it. If we ask God to give us the grace to grow in humility, he will answer our prayers. All right, here's the last question of this homily. What was the greatest act of humility in history? The greatest act of humility. What could that be? It's right in front of us. Jesus on the cross. Jesus freely chose to suffer and die for our sins. He paid a debt he didn't owe with his life on the cross. And at the garden at Gethsemane, what did he do? He prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. What humility. What love. What Christ did on the cross, St. Paul imitated. Just as Christ poured out his blood for us, his life for us, so did Paul. And this is what he means by saying to Timothy, I am being poured out like a libation. And that's what our life should be about, pouring, a pouring out, giving ourselves to others. Paul was martyred for the faith and he finished the race. He went straight to heaven and received the crown of righteousness. By receiving Jesus in the Eucharist today, may we become humble like Jesus. Let's receive the strength and grace we need to finish the race to heaven. Just like climbing up a steep hill on a bike, little by little, we can do it with God's grace. Forza. Forza.